I'm going to take several weeks and I'm going to preach a series of messages entitled Learning Leadership from the Best. Learning Leadership from the Best. You say, well, Pastor Benny, this series is not going to be relevant to me. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because in some capacity, folks, we're all leaders. If you're a football coach, you're a leader. If you're a mother, you're leading children. If you're the leader of a group, you're the leader. If you're the president of a company, you're a leader. If you're a teacher of a class, you're a leader. I read some stats that said just a normal person, just you, just you or me, in the course of a lifetime will influence 10,000 people. That your life will influence 10,000 people. And what is leadership? Leadership is influence. You say, that guy's a great leader. Well, he's not a great leader or she's not a great leader if no one's following. <laughs> Remember that old Chinese proverb? He that thinketh he leadeth and no one followeth is only taking a walk. So why shouldn't we learn as moms and dads, as individuals, why shouldn't we learn leadership from the best? Let's learn it from Jesus. I want to invite you to stand, take your Bible, and go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verse 1, reads like this. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. I want to talk to you about great leaders serve others. Great leaders serve others. I want you to know something. Everything rises or falls on leadership. Everything rises or falls on leadership. When I go to a restaurant and I have a bad experience, I don't get upset at the waitress because this is what I know. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And what I know, there's a vacuum, vacuum of leadership somewhere. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest leader who ever lived was Jesus Christ. The greatest leader who ever lived unequivocally was Jesus Christ. He has more followers and has had more followers than any person who has ever lived. So if Jesus Christ was the greatest leader who's ever lived, 
And we're all leaders. We've already established that fact. Whether you're a mom, whether you're a businessman, whether you're a teacher, whether you lead from the middle of the pack, every one of us are leaders. So why not today get our pail under his whale and learn from the greatest leader who ever lived? Because the Scripture tells us, the Scripture says in Matthew 23 and 11, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Now get that down, folks. He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. You know what that tells me? If the greatest among you is the one who serves, every one of us can be great because we can all serve. Every one of us can be great because we can all serve and great leaders serve others. Now, there's three steps. They're, they're woven into this story that Jesus teaches us if we're going to be successful leading other people. Principle number one that Jesus teaches us, it's so important. He teaches us that we have to surrender our power. We must surrender our power. Look at what verse 3 says. Verse 3 says, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. Now, you've got to understand, God, ladies and gentlemen, had given all power to Jesus Christ. You know what that tells me? He could have stopped the arrest. He could have stopped the beating. He could have stopped the crucifixion. He had power to do that, but he didn't. The Scripture says right the opposite. It said he laid aside his garments and girded himself and took a towel and a basin of water. Now, you've got to understand something. In biblical times, you either went barefooted or you wore sandals. And if you've been to Israel, even to this day, many of the roads are dusty, they're dirty, they're dung-filled. So when you would visit someone else's home, that home would have a slave at the door. And that slave would meet you at the door and what he would do, he would take off your sandals and then he would put your feet in a basin of water and he would wash your feet. That was what the servant, that was what the slave did. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus gives us a message here that sometimes we don't see. Jesus made it real clear because the Bible says in this text that he took off his outer garment. A slave didn't have an outer garment. A servant 
didn't have an outer garment. The reason why Jesus took off his outer garment, he was saying, I am becoming a slave. I am becoming a servant. See, there is an element of power in all of our lives. There is an element of power in all of our lives. But ladies and gentlemen, if we are going to serve, we have to surrender that power. We have to surrender that power. A true story. During the Revolutionary War, there were two soldiers that were trying to get a, a large log out of a river. It was a heavy log, and they needed it. And there, seated on a horse, was a corporal watching those two soldiers try to get that log out of the river. And about that time, a man rode up, and that man said to, the, to that corporal, he said, why are you not helping those men get that log? And that man said, why, sir, I'm a corporal. And that man got off of his horse. He got down into the river, and he helped those two soldiers get that log out of the water. And then he got back on his horse, and he said, men, the next time you need help, Call your commander-in-chief, George Washington, and I'll be here. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what true leaders do. True leaders surrender their power. You've got to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. Secure people are into towels. Insecure people are into titles. Secure people are people conscious. Insecure people are position conscious. Secure people want to add value to others. Insecure people want to gain value from others. I want you to understand the first step that Jesus teaches us. If we want to lead like Jesus leads, ladies and gentlemen, whatever element of power you have, you have to surrender. There's a second step. We want to lead like Jesus led. Not only do you have to surrender your power, but you've got to serve other people. Listen very closely. Because rarely will I say anything this good. The only reason for power is to empower. The only reason for power is to empower. Now, now, these guys needed this lesson. You know why Jesus gave this, these guys this lesson? Because just a few days before, or just a, a few hours before, in Luke chapter 22, listen to this, just, just, a, just a short time before, there was also a strife among them. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? <laughs> and he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be the younger. 
Let him be the younger. He that is chief as he that doeth serve. They were fussing. They were arguing. The disciples said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, who's going to get to sit on your right and who's going to get to sit on your left? And Jesus said, guys, that's not what it's about. It's about serving other people. Let me tell you something, folks. That upper room where he washed feet, I've been in that room a bunch of times. You see, it's a big room, isn't it, Pastor B? No, no, it's a small room. And every one of those guys, when they walked in the room, they could have spotted the basin. They could have spotted the towels. But they didn't. And this is what God showed me, ladies and gentlemen. There are basins and towels in every relationship. And it's our responsibility to look for the basin and towels in our relationships. You say, Pastor, what was the attitude of Jesus Christ? What was the attitude? What, what, was, what, what, what was Christ's attitude? Well, we'll look at Philippians chapter 2. Listen to what this verse says. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind or let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What was Jesus Christ's attitude? He didn't have self on his mind and Calvin Klein on his behind. Ladies and gentlemen, his mind, his focus was on serving other people. It was on serving others greatly. See, see this world, ladies and gentlemen. This world says, how much money did you make? But Jesus says, how much money did you give? This world says, how high did you climb? And most of us are like monkeys. The higher we climb, the more we show our tail. This world says, how high did you climb? Jesus said, how low have you gone? How low have you gone? This world says, how many people report to us? But Jesus says, how many people can count on you to serve? One of my heroes was a man by the name of Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas was the founder of Wendy's. And Dave Thomas said, I mean, just so many things about that guy. If you go to Wendy's, I'm not, this is not a commercial for Wendy's. Don't take offense now, Ronnie. If you go to Wendy's, they got those square burgers. You know why they got square burgers? Dave Thomas said, I want it to be a constant reminder. We don't cut corners. We don't cut corners. Dave Thomas said, I want every employee I've got to have an MBA. You mean a master of business administration? Dave Thomas said, no. I want every employee of mine to have a mop bucket attitude. A mop bucket attitude. 
It's about serving. You know, folks, you know how we can really tell if our heart's right with God? If Cameron says, Pastor Benny's wonderful. Thank you, Cameron. Well, it'd be easy to serve Cameron. When a guy names his child after you, it's easy to like him, amen? Also job security, right? But anyway, it's easy to serve a guy like that. It'd be easy to wash his feet. It'd be easy to be kind to him. But you ever think about this? In verse 2, now Jesus is washing these guys' feet. But folks, he washed that cat's feet. Judas Iscariot, the one who was going to betray him, Jesus, knowing that, was still willing to wash his feet. Folks, that's real service. When we serve those that talk about us, when we serve those that have done us wrong, when we serve those that have mistreated us, that's putting it where the rubber meets the road. Let me tell you what leaders do. Ladies and gentlemen, if I'm going to lead, Mom, if you're going to lead like Jesus led, even those children, even that classroom at that public school, even that Rotary Club, even that Pink Lemonade Sipping Society meeting, whatever you're leading, if you're going to lead like Jesus, you've got to surrender your power. You've got to serve other people. But there's a third thing you've got to do. You've got to shift your perception. You've got to shift your perception. Now, no, wait. You said, Pastor, explain this. I'll be glad to. You said, Brother Benny, I've heard this message, and, I've, and I, I think I'm going to eventually, I've got to get some things in order. I've got to get some things in order, and I am. I'm going to start serving. You're right. Leadership in its purest form is servant leadership. It's not top-down leadership. It's bottom-up leadership. Leadership in its purest form is serving other people. And I'm going to get some things worked out, and I'm going to start doing this. Did you ever think about this? In the next 24 hours... <laughs> Jesus was going to be betrayed. He was going to be arrested. He was going to be tried. He was going to be mocked. He was going to be beaten. He was going to be nailed to a cross. But where was his mind? On dirty feet. On dirty feet. With all he had going on, Jesus still understood the most important thing is that I serve. Is that I serve. Ladies and gentlemen, you want fulfillment in life? You want to live a life that's rich and full? Start serving others. You want fulfillment? Get, get your eyes. Get, quit, being, quit being a mirror person and start being a window person. Quit being a mirror person and start being a window person. 
You want to live life to the fullest. Wake up every day and say, what can I do to serve people today? What can I do not to make life better for me, but what can I do to make life better for other people? And God will bless your life richly. Every day I walk into a hospital, and every day as I walk into that hospital, I look and I see those pink ladies. Every day. One of them seated over here, Miss Irene Duncan, one of the sweetest ladies I know. But I walk in there, and I think 85% of those ladies have no emotional problems. It's a proven fact. 85% of pink ladies have no emotional problems because they've shifted their perception. And they're saying, it's not about me. It's about other people. It's not about what I can get. It's about what I can give. It's not what can be done for me. It's what can I do for other people. Folks, let me tell you something. You've heard me preach many of you thousands of times, but you'll, if you appropriate the message into your heart today, it will radically change your life. It will radically change your life. I was reading this week as our musicians are coming about John D. Rockefeller. John D. Rockefeller at 23, ladies and gentlemen, was a millionaire. You don't look real happy. At 23, he was a millionaire. Listen to this. At 50, he was a billionaire. A billionaire. You say, Brother Benny, how much money is that? About as much as your wife spends on Christmas. He was a billionaire. I mean, this guy had it. But listen to me very closely. At 53 years old, he was so sick that all he could eat, all he could digest was a little milk and crackers. Now, I'm talking about this guy that was a billionaire, ladies and gentlemen. All he could digest was milk and crackers. True story. You can read the story. And his doctor said to him, you're dying. You've got less than a year to live, Mr. Rockefeller. It matters not, folks. They just released some new stats on death. One out of every one dies. It matters not. They buried a billionaire out in Texas the other day. Two old boys was digging the grave. One said to the other, how much you think him left? The other said, him left it all. Him left it all. Alexander the Great said, when you, when you put me in my coffin, put my hands outside of the casket because I want the people to know, even though I conquered the known world, I didn't take anything with me. John D. Rockefeller said, I'm dying. Perhaps I need to change my life. Perhaps I should start looking to others. And ladies and gentlemen, John D. Rockefeller started giving his resources to mission work. He started giving his resources to hospitals. Because of John D. Rockefeller's resources, they discovered penicillin 
They discovered cures for malaria and tuberculosis. He got his eyes off himself. He said, no, no. I want to shift my perspective. I want to shift my perception. I want to help other people. He said, Brother Benny, did he? Did he die at 53? No. Died at 98. Died at 98. Because when he shifted his perception from himself to others. Somebody asked Carl Menninger, Dr. Menninger, if you're about to have a nervous breakdown, what should you do? Dr. Carl Menninger said, get up from right where you're at. Go down the street. Find somebody that's in worse shape than you're in and help them. Did you ever think about this, folks? One day, we're going to stand before God. Nobody's getting past that. One day, we're going to stand before God. And if we get to go in, if we get to go in, If you've accepted Christ, you will. But if you get to go in, do you ever think about what he's going to say to you? Here's what he's going to say. Because it's in the Bible. It's in Matthew chapter 25. Well done. Thy good and faithful. You finish it. Well done. Thy good and faithful monarch. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Tell you something. Leaders serve. Leaders serve. And I am so glad, folks, that Jesus Christ exemplified this principle. Not only with the washing of feet, but he exemplified this principle when he went to the cross at Calvary and he bled and died. For our sins. He served all humanity when he went to the cross and he died for your sins and he died for my sins. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, It's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer, you repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin, and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you 
for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.